Welcome to the Secret of Childhood podcast. I'm your host, Hadir. I started this podcast to take you with me on a journey of rediscovering our vibrant inner voice from childhood, now reduced to a mere whisper. Drawing from my Montessori background, together with diverse guests, I hope that we can reconnect with our inner child, and in doing so, better understand and support our children in the process. So prepare yourself for a journey that might just send shivers down your spine as we uncover the magical years of childhood. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Secret of Childhood podcast. Today, we have Charlotte as our guest. Charlotte is a mentor, speaker, and author. Actually, Charlotte has her own podcast. But before we delve into the incredible work that you're doing, just for our listeners who are new to Montessori, mm -hmm. could you share with us how Montessori is different from conventional methods of education? Wow, that's a big question to start <laughs> with. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here, Hadia. For me, Montessori brings meaning to everything in life. So it amplifies joy. It's a pathway to peace. It is a way of knowing ourselves and knowing our children, the children in front of us and the child within us, the inner child. It is a pathway of respect, dignity, trust, self-trust and trust in others. It is a way to connect to the natural world and appreciate it. It is a pathway to allow us to find our cosmic gift, what's our purpose for being here. Mm. It answers the question, why are we here? What are we here to do in terms of service? It shows us how we can serve. It shows us where our biases are, where our prejudices are, where our shadows are. It allows us to appreciate the wonder of everything around us. When we go for a walk with the toddler who stops to look at every single ant, who stops to pick up every single leaf, who's on the beach and looks at every single grain of sand. When we know that that little toddler, we really feel that that little toddler is a scientist and they are learning everything through all of their senses in the first six years of life, as Dr. Montessori taught us, then we too can have that same joy and awe and wonder in the world. As children get older, so my children are both elementary age, they're six and a half, and my daughter's nine in a few weeks. We see the foundation of wonder and curiosity and awe that we nourished in the early years come unfold as powerful moral justice, ethics, a desire to make a difference. We see the intellectual mind literally explode in the second plane when children are hungry and we, we see how hungry they are for that knowledge to understand. So the first six years is immediate family, broadly speaking. Six to 12, the social group, the social world, a little bit further in their community, all tethered still to the family. And then the adolescent plane, it's self-identity. It's moving away from the family as a sense of identity, but with that strong linchpin of connection that we formed in the first 12 years. Then an adolescent child can move into self-identity, responsibility, self-expression and creativity. And with all the, the planes of development, and I've just mentioned the first three, what I feel Montessori does in the simplest of ways is allows a child to unfold their soul to unfold as they are meant to. That's beautiful. <laughs> wow. 
I strongly believe with the way that you put it because Montessori is a method of education, but it's much more than that. It's like it's literally a way of life and an approach to parenting, right? And that's a lot of the work that you do. So I'll leave you to it. Tell, tell our listeners more about the Embodied Parenting Program. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that, most recently I've been realizing that our first relationship with our parents, they lay the foundation for mm -hmm. every other relationship that we're going to have in mm -hmm. the future. Yes. And on a more practical note, how can parents be more mindful of mm -hmm. that when they're interacting with their child? Mm -hmm. And also honoring the messiness of it all. The days mm -hmm. where they feel like they're horrible parents, actually you become disconnected because you try to mm -hmm. escape how heavy it is. And I think your embodied parenting program is so beautiful because we're constantly seeking answers from the outside. Mm. And when really all the answers are within. Exactly. And I think for me, if I had to explain Montessori, I would say that it's going back inwards. Mm. It's listening to those inner guides, that inner yes. voice, those guiding instincts. Like a child, if you're <coughs> in the presence of children, <clears throat> they know when they're hungry. They know when they're tired. They know when they want to learn something because mm. they're guided. They're naturally guided. Mm. And the older we get, we move so mm -hmm. far away from that. You're right. Yes, the Montessori education. And I see this particularly in the elementary years with my children. They actually speak about the inner teacher. The elementary. Was, yeah. And that's what I see in my son and my daughter. My daughter says, oh, I'm asking my inner teacher. Wow. So, But is it because you've taught her that way or you've supported that in her or you think it's like naturally it'll come out in any elementary child i think the foundation in the home of the basics of montessori that we know in terms of simple preparing an environment simple ordered and accessible mm. giving limited choices mm. and allowing children to explore at their own pace that is what then sets a foundation for a child of knowing themselves without looking for external validation. So then an elementary child will build on that in their inner teacher. And remember that six to 12 brain is primed for morality, justice, the sense of right and wrong. And so if we have given lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of opportunities to make choices in the early years, the environment through our language, through the other adults that surround our children, through their interactions with siblings and through the actual physical environment, we do not create pretty Montessori shelves at home or in a, in a classroom environment. For the aesthetics, we prepare them so a child understands freedom of choice mm. and the responsibility within that. But that's the unconscious preparation in the first plane. In the second plane, you see it come into play because then in terms of responsibility and in terms of making choices, that foundation is there. We're then not expecting them. The, the inner teacher naturally is there, but we can ignite it more with our environment, we ignite it with the environment, we ignite it with the way that we speak to our children. We have to trust children first. The old paradigm was, you know, children have to earn trust and then a parent mm. will let them do ABC. This paradigm, well, sorry, mm. it wasn't an old paradigm, it's Dr. Montessori's paradigm. Dr. Montessori's paradigm over a century old is trust children first, respect children first, because those things can only, what we have to, have that foundation and show that foundation before we expect them to do all the things that we want them to do on our agenda. I've massively gone off on a tangent from your original question. Could you give me that question again? And well, I, I think I went on a tangent when I was trying to ask the question, but I wanted you to share with our listeners 
more about the embodied program, the inspiration mm. behind creating it and what mm. it means to be embodied. Yeah. So for me, embodiment means feeling what's alive in us right now, mm. being present, mindful, aware of what is happening in our bodies. So feeling with our bodies, thinking with our bodies, not with our minds. Because mm. so, the body never lies. Yeah, the body never <laughs> lies. We are programmed in Western society with the colonial model of education that we're pretty much all in to think, to be more profitable, to be more productive, to be in an environment, a work environment where, for example, I heard this great quote a couple of months ago saying that making children do homework when they're young sets them up for doing free overtime when they're in the corporate world. Mm. And that really Oof. hit me. I was like, wow, I've never thought of it like that. And my oh. children being in a Montessori environment, they, never have, done they homework. haven't done homework. And I thought, oh, that's really, really interesting. But in terms of our conditioning, of course, we are all conditioned by society, by culture, by lots and our community, lots and lots of other things. And some of those things are really, really useful. And some of those things are not so useful. And when one of the things that we do know from neuroscience is that the vast, vast majority of our, our thoughts and our behavior patterns are habitual. Like subconscious. So, yeah, our subconscious. And we repeat, is it 95, 96% of the same thoughts every day, most of them negative. We drink the same tea, drink the same coffee, and do the same things. And our subconscious is from zero to three, right? Mm -hmm. That's when it's formed. So That's crazy. All of the, because the brain is in a deep meditative state, is in, is in theta, well, in delta in the first two years, but even from two to six, it's in theta, which mm -hmm. is still a meditative state. So a child's brain waves don't operate the same as an adult's until age 12. The same speed, sorry, I mean, as an adult's until age 12. So what embodiment is, is thinking with our bodies, noticing whenever something happens, there will be a physical reaction to that. Whether we're joyful, whether we're sad, whether we're in grief, loss, anything. There's a physical reaction to that. So feel with our bodies. And in modern Western society, we are programmed to push through the pain, take a pill for the headache, keep going for the sake of productivity. Basically against our nature. For the sake, yes. Like if you look at a traditional classroom, you know, there's timetables. You can't move from your mm -hmm. desk. Yeah. You're conditioned that there's a right and wrong answer. You can't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's all against our nature. Yeah. Everything. If we look at the, the human tendencies, Dr. Montessori's human tendencies, but all of society, it's not just education, all of Western society is programmed in that way because for a capitalist model, we have to operate in that way. We have to operate in this system of being more productive so mm. that people can make more money. And if we really want to create a more peaceful and just and harmonious world, which I believe we do, I have great faith in humanity, <laughs> despite a lot of evidence to the contrary, <laughs> that we do want to create a more peaceful and just and harmonious world. Mm. And my belief is, and I talk about this in my book, The Montessori Mission, that when we feel deeply and we know how we are feeling, when we know ourselves deeply, we know the physical effect in our body of our emotions. When we feel deeply and we're deeply connected to ourselves, we could not hurt another. We could not be mm. unkind to another. Because we, That's I powerful. see the divinity in you, mm. okay? So if I know my own pain, whether that's normal roller coaster of life or it's something utterly devastating that we would never overcome, once we deeply connect to ourselves, how on earth 
could you could, could, could I could I harm another because I see you in myself I see myself in you it, it's not possible wow but you know when you when you're <clears throat> saying that it just occurred to me that I would rather feel the pain than be in my head and suffer in my head I think feeling the feelings that come up for you just makes it all melt and mm. dissolve it's leaning in rather than pushing away and every area of our modern lives tell us to not lean in fi- to not lean in you know whether it's scroll on social media it's to buy something mm. you know buy something more eat something more which is usually unhealthy because again there's a big machine a corporate machine wanting us to be unhealthy i mean the whole system is so unethical it's structural. you know it's it's in this way that the sicker we are the more pharmaceuticals we're going to buy and the more pharmaceuticals we need then actually the sicker we get because the side effects are really really horrific and mm. then the more we feel awful about ourselves the more we're going to spend on beauty products and i don't know liposuction or any mm. other treatment that we need then comfort eating and then the the food that's very easily available is not only of poor quality and worse for our health and our weight and our arteries every area but also the people that work in those environments are treated very badly mm. as well so the whole the whole it thing all feeds into each it other. all feeds into each other and makes us sicker so we need more pharmaceuticals etc etc yeah so really when we come out of this and it is a luxury you know that must be said it's very easy for me as a privileged white woman to sit here and say okay i can make these choices because i can make choices but these are not the same choices as other people that haven't had the advantages that i have had as a british white woman you know mm. and there's a lot of injustice in that mm. of course so when we can look inside ourselves and you know dr montessori i love that quote we tear out the roots of our prejudice that is so powerful we've got to tear out everything it's like that spiritual training of the yeah. adult all of that has to come back to what is it within me that i need to clear how can i be more of a vessel for peace for justice for trust for respect for dignity and as you know being in a montessori classroom and seeing that dignity that is given bestowed upon the tiniest baby when we're changing their nappy for example or the dignity given in a nido when little babies of nine months old are sitting there in community eating lunch i mean the first nido i went went to was when i was working in cape town in south africa and i peeked my head round the corner i had a casa classroom there was a nido a toddler and, and a casa and i had the casa classroom and i saw all these little darling babies sitting in community eating <laughs> eating their lunch and it's mind blowing just right? i still remember my first experience yeah. in a montessori classroom and wow and that dignity and coming back to my point about when we really feel within ourselves and when we see the divinity in ourselves we have to see in others a child who is raised in dignity in trust and respect that's part of their cellular makeup in the same way that attachment and connection to a caregiver is within ourselves they believe it they they believe it they're living it they are embodying it their guide and their assistance and everyone around them in a montessori environment is showing them what it means to be treated with dignity and respect and love and a child who has been exposed to that that's what they would want for their own children that's what they would want for everybody because there's no competition it's such a scarcity mindset that we have in the in the west of 
competition and grades and things in school as if it's a pie to be cut up. But there is no pie. You know, that's all a lie that we need to climb all over each other, scrambling all over each other. to Because everyone has to, a different task, right? Yeah. Everyone's cosmic um, mission, is uh, mission is different. And what Montessori does for me, and, and there's also, there's many pathways to this, but Montessori is the pathway that that speaks to me really, really deeply. Everyone has a gift and that's what we really want to draw out in the child. And that's why we need to remove our baggage and our expectations, you know, of, oh no, my friend's eight month old baby is crawling, but my baby isn't crawling. You know, that's Comparison. the type of that. That's the type of prejudice we want to tear out, you know, as a new mom, as a new dad. Those are the things that are going to bother us. And we're not wrong for feeling that. We all feel that. We all think, <gasps> You know, for your first child, we don't know anything. It's the toughest job in the world with no Nobody prior training. Nobody teaches you how to be No parent. one teaches you how to do anything. And maybe a midwife has told you how to change a nappy, but that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the, the smallest amount of caregiving to this but tiny little human. But being conscious of that, like when you, when you are a mother, knowing that every child is different and has a different gift is so relieving. <laughs> because... There's none of that pressure of like molding your child into something that they're never mm -hmm. going to be, you know? Yeah. And that's why we need to do deep, deep inner work though, because that is really easily said. Yeah. But when it's actually been done and a lot of the, the parents, the families I work with have two working parents and, and for working mums, the reality is, is the load is really, really heavy and the world is stacked against them because if they're out at work for 10 hours a day, And then they only have 30 minutes a day with their child. Of course, you're going to feel guilty. Of course, you're going to feel overwhelmed. And of course, you're going to worry about your child's development because you're not there seeing them. And I've been a stay-at-home mum and I've been a working mum. And both are beautiful and utterly overwhelming in different ways. But what we do know is, and this is what embodiment brings, is just that presence and that awareness. You know, I was on, on the radio at the beginning of the week and I said, you know, if, if 30 minutes is all you have per day with your child, then that's okay. Make that count. Make sure you're absolutely present in that 30 minutes a day when you give them their bath. Maybe you have supper together when you get in from work. Maybe you're just But lying with him or her, you know? It's very hard <laughs> to give that if you're, if you're not embodied in yourself, right? What's the first step to becoming embodied? I mean, like Ooh. tuning inwards yeah. as like just an adult. Ooh, that's a good question. Like I'd on a practical note. On a know? practical level, notice how your body responds. Mm. Okay, so... You're going to be in traffic on the way home, okay? And you, you're out of your mind because there's another traffic jam. It's getting darker outside. You know, the nights are really dark now here in the winter in Dubai. The evenings are really dark. Every minute that goes, you're like, my baby is getting more tired. You know, she's already had to start her dinner now. Maybe I'm not going to see her. By the time I get home, she's going to be really tired. So we feel the frustration building up. We feel the overwhelm building up. We feel the unfairness. Why am I stuck in this again? Why do I have to work so hard? All of these things. That's the time when the program starts in the head. That's the time to drop into our body and go, okay, this is a lot. I'm feeling very overwhelmed, angry, frustrated, all of those things. How does my body feel? And that's when we check in and go, okay, 
I'm a really good one for holding tension in my jaw. So it's like, okay, where where is where this do tension? You feel it in my where body? do I feel it? Okay, now just check in. The places are jaw, <laughs> shoulders and neck, heart, a lot of anger. Yeah, heart, belly, maybe tingling hands. Just notice. And then you just go into it. Just notice it and go, okay. And then your next stage is to lean into that and go, okay, there's something there. That's stuck energy. I can keep leaning into it. I can breathe into it. And the breathing exercises um, that I like to do at the beginning of my embodied uh, parenting workshops and programs is we start by just observing the inhale and the exhale. Inhale for a count of four. Mm. And then exhale, we're working towards a count of eight. And inhale and exhale through the nose. And we can do that when we're in the car, hey? You know, we don't need to be in a yoga studio. Mm. We can do that on the bus, on the metro, squished with everyone else. You can do it in the car on a traffic jam. And just notice the breath. It's magic. So notice where we're feeling in our body. That's really good information. And then the deep inhale. And then a long, long exhale. That activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms everything down. That's going to take us out of the amygdala, out of the fight or flight, out of this place where our cortisol is raised and raised and raised. So when even then when we get to be with our precious babe that we've been wanting to see for the past 10 hours, our energy is going to be calm. Mm. That horrendous traffic jam is our gift to really calm ourselves down. That breath will be beautiful for just releasing all you've been through during the day, releasing Mm. the frustration in the traffic. And this preparation of, okay, I'm going to see my babe for my precious 30 minutes. Breathing is so so powerful. Yeah. And you just reminded me, my yoga teacher always used to tell me, it's the first thing that you take when you're born into this world. And it's the last thing that you're going to take Mm -hmm. when you leave this world. And and it's the only thing that brings you back to the present moment. Yeah. And, you know, we we don't choose to breathe. Like, it happens Mm -hmm. regardless. But we can also choose to play with it yeah. right like you said it, it activates the parasympathetic yeah. so i think breathing is so powerful and we forget that when we're in very tricky situations we hold on to it like mm. you, you'll, you'll notice that you're like you're in a you're in a yeah. difficult pose you're holding on to th- yeah. that breath and, it, and then the energy gets stuck. <coughs> it's so yeah. simple but it's so yeah. powerful so that breathing is just one tool of embodiment just noticing where that feeling what that emotion What does that feel like as a sensation in the body? That's one piece. Mm. Breathing into it. There's lots of different breaths that we practice in the Embodied Parenting Program. But I can't wait to to, to join the the next ones in February. February. We start February in a six-month journey. Inshallah. And then journaling. I've got my journal. Journaling is just such a powerful way, again, to bypass the subconscious programming Mm. and to just write. And one days we might write one word, one days we might scribble. Mm-hmm. And one days we, we might write 10 pages. But again, it's knowing our inner world, not looking outside for the answers. Because, and this is really hard work because the whole of society is seeking us to look outside. To, 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 come to within. outsource our trust. Yeah. yeah. Outsource our power. It's even more than trust. It's outsourcing our power. Our humanity is here. It's not out there. Our humanity is here. Mm. and this is deep (laughs) deep stuff (laughs) Um, what did Dr. Montessori say an education capable of saving humanity is no small task yeah something like that she said education is an aid to life yeah 
not about just preparing children yeah. for school. Well, education comes from the Latin educare, which means to draw out. Mm. And I love that. Because to draw, out. to draw out, because the modern educational system we see is to put in, not to draw out. But really what we want to do is we want to draw out the gifts that are ah. within every child. That's what education is. Ah, it's but like it's you know, not to put in, it's to draw out. It's to draw out the everything within. What you have to offer. Yeah. The, yeah, gifts, the, assumption, but, the underlying assumption for <laughs> traditional education is that you're an empty vessel and we're just yes. going to stuff you and yeah. impart the knowledge. Mm. But Montessori is, is reversed. It's like there's already yeah. within and we're like realizing yeah. that full potential. Mm. Yeah. And that full potential is realized by the environment, through the environment, mm. through, through the adults, through mm. relationships. For example, the relationship between adults in the classroom environment is the most important relationship that young children will see outside of the home. Very often, it will be the first close relationship they would have seen. A toddler steps in or a casa child steps into a classroom. Mm. They've seen relationships at home, hey, but they haven't seen a relationship in a workplace before. Mm. So that relationship between the guide, the assistant here in the, in the UAE, in the Middle East, there would be a nanny as well. That has to be based upon a foundation of trust and dignity and respect. There can't be a hierarchy between the adults in the classroom. Otherwise, children will sense that and feel mm. that. This lady deserves more dignity than that one. That is fundamental. That's why our work in the classroom is, is huge. Children learn by not what we say, by through what we do, you know. Children are always watching. The dignity that we extend to each child has to extend to each adult, each member of the teaching staff, to the maintenance team, mm. the housekeeping team. 100%. Every single person in that Montessori community or any community has an important part to play, is giving that community a gift. And every human deserves to live in peace and safety and trust and dignity. And that's how we start it. And as parents, we can ask ourselves the same question. Do we, and it's a tough one, you know, it's challenging. Do we really treat the chap who does the housekeeping in the our same. building? Do we treat him the same way that we treat our boss? Do we? Do we, when we're annoyed with security in our community, yes. do we speak to him in the same way that we would speak to a colleague or a friend? Do we give him the same... Something to reflect on. Yeah. And we're human, you know, this isn't a, <laughs> mm. this isn't a, a, a way of trying to be perfect or um, but more putting guilt or shame on anybody. If we truly believe in dignity mm. and respect and peace for all people, then we have, it has to be for all people. We can't be selective. But I think even going back one more step is like, do you even as a parent, are we showing that respect to our children? Mm. Because then it's like, that's where all, the, the root of all the problems come in their adulthood. Mm. So it's, it's something to reflect on. Yeah. Wow. Before we bring this episode to a close, I want to express my gratitude for having being part of this episode today and for our listeners for joining us. So if you found this inspiring, please follow Charlotte's beautiful work. And Charlotte, do you have any final thoughts wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with if all of our life and 
our family, our community, schools, work, everyone that we touch here, most of us living here in the UAE have got several homes. The UAE is a home and other places is a home. In all the homes that we have, places that we call home, the people that we interact with, all of us together, and this is touching on the interdependence of all life on earth, we're weaving together a tapestry, aren't we? We're creating something. So what are you going to weave? Dr. Jane Goodall, um, who's in a well-known British um, environmentalist, one of the first female environmentalists who really studied chimpanzee behavior in the early 20th century. A quote from her is, what you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Mm. And I love that. And I think the biggest and most significant difference that you can make is to do the inner work, you know, to start with mm. yourself and that's how it really ripples out into mm. society. So much to reflect on. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank inviting so me much. to this lovely space and for, um, yeah. Thank you. And please do follow me and all the places that you'll find me on Enriching all of the places. Enrichingenvironments.com, yeah, Instagram, yes. Facebook, LinkedIn, Charlotte Audrey, Montessori Mission Book, which is available, self-published on Amazon. Yes. Embodied Parenting Retreats, which are weekends away, programs one-on-one -on -one consultations, lots and lots of podcasts, over a hundred podcasts. Incredible. And, Highly recommend um, listening to them. <laughs> and um, lots of free resources and downloads and all the important bits and pieces that you need. You're that you doing need. incredible work, Charlotte. Thank you so much. And uh, you're really inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me.